What is up, my people? It is a Thursday evening. It is June 3rd, the year 2021. Blue Wire Hustle proudly presents All Eyes on Cleveland. I'm your host, Brad Ward. Mikey is on the ones and twos. Tonight, we have a special edition Browns defensive coverage cover three press bail. Seattle cover three, better known as around the NFL. A defense brought to the Browns by Joe Woods and implemented uh, uh, very much in 2020 uh, and will be used again in 2021. We're going to do a deep dive into that coverage tonight. Uh, we have a very special guest to do so. His name is Maddie Brown. Maddie is the writer at uh, Sports Illustrated Seahawks Maven, wide receiver and defensive backs coach for the East Anglia Pirates and host of Seattle Overload Podcast. Very familiar with the scheme. And uh, we're going to bring him on and we're going to break it all down. Uh, your uh, cover three breakdown, uh, Seattle cover three breakdown here tonight on All Eyes on Cleveland. Special reminder, tomorrow night, Friday night, very special guest, Ken Carmen of 92.3 will be with us on All Eyes on Cleveland. That show is called Extensions and Expectations, so we look forward to seeing you then as well. Without any further ado, let's bring uh, Mikey's got Maddie up. We're going to bring Maddie on and uh, do this interview and uh, enjoy, uh, as you can learn a lot here on the uh, Seattle cover three that the Browns run. And we are happy to uh, invite tonight a very special guest, uh, Maddie Brown. Maddie Brown is a writer at Sports Illustrated Seahawks Maven. He is the wide receiver and defensive backs coach for the East Anglia Pirates, also host of the Seattle Overload podcast. Welcome to the show, Maddie. How are you? Thanks very much for having me. I'm very good. Excited to talk about football. Absolutely. We're excited to have you uh, doing a show tonight. Uh, Brown's defensive coverage, cover three press bail, better known around the NFL as the Seattle cover three. Uh, just to give our listeners a little background, the Seattle cover three defense originated with the Legion of Boom uh, and uh, Pete Carroll and, and that defense with uh, Earl Watson and, and those guys, Cam Chancellor, uh, uh, you know, uh, who else am I missing? Uh, Sherman, uh, KJ Wright, all those guys, right? So, uh, and that defense, uh, really, uh, you know, helped them win, uh, Super Bowl, uh, 48, uh, where they destroyed the Denver Broncos 43 to 8. And you recently wrote an article about Cam Chancellor's comments on uh, a play in that game where they were in that very coverage in it kind of epitomizes some of uh, that. Uh, you can talk about that article for a minute, and then we'll get more into the actual Seattle cover three, the ins and outs and whatnot. So go ahead and talk about your article for a little bit here. Yeah, I wrote the article because it was like the, the peak example of what the Seahawks defense can be. And yes, Super Bowl 48 was a while ago. Um, and yes, Seattle's cover three has been figured out with various teams running different beaters and all, you know, it's a copycat league. Everyone just kind of gets an idea of how to beat the defense. Yeah. However, you know, they've adapted it. They've evolved it somewhat and, and it's, it's still effective when executed right. Um, and, and Cam Chancellor, though, is that peak example. And his play, I mean, he's a unicorn of a player. He's six foot three, 
built kind of like a linebacker, could play down in the box, aggressive as hell, like, you know, smash like offensive linemen up when he's block destructing. But also in the Super Bowl, what he, he was like the prime example of how Seattle plays cover three because, you know, they were running all these uh, beaters, the Broncos were, and Seattle was just executing the heck out of cover three and um, and just able to adapt to all of that kind of deal. So with uh, with Cam, he was matching a seam route from a tight end. Uh, he described it in the Players' Tribune, so I used his quotes, uh, for, uh, some quotes from there as well because it was really good, um, you know, hearing it from the man himself. Um, he's matching a seam route from the tight end and then... Uh, Wes Welker ran like the beta route, like behind the linebackers, but beneath uh, L. Thomas at free safety. And Cam was able to flip his hips, despite being the the size that he is, and come down and smash um, smash Welker for the pass breakup. And you know that was a theme of the whole game. It was twenty nine to nothing at that point to Seattle. So yeah, you know, it already started hot. And I think really Cam should have won uh, the MVP for the whole game. I, I think. I mean, everyone remembers his hit on a. Uh, uh, Julius Thomas uh, earlier in the game where it was like, yes. pretty early you know the snap had gone over Peyton's head the Broncos are back rolling they're like okay now we can begin and Cam's just like nope uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think that was cover one actually that hit but yeah it's just yeah. a complete defensive uh, domination so yeah and the play you're, you're talking about is here so we'll, we'll get kind of maybe come back to that play in a minute as we go over the basics uh, of uh this cover three here. And this is kind of a, the traditional setup uh, of really any cover three, but more so if you're looking at uh, the Seattle cover three, you know, a lot of it, I compare a lot of it to, um, and, and when I talk about it with people, Maddie, I just kind of say it's very rules-based, right? So it's a very rules-based defense. And if you once you understand your rules and your assignments, it really frees up the ability of the player to just play aggressive and fast and free because you can eliminate portions of the field and things like that when you can disguise it properly. So this is, you know, the normal setup that we're looking at here where, you know, each corner or outside corner is going to get a deep third and the one safety is going to get a deep third one safety is going to creep up into the box. Now, a lot of times teams will disguise this uh, and let him sit back and make it look like cover two or man to man and then creep him up in the box as the play starts. But his responsibility is either uh, to come up and play uh, in that hook zone or play, uh, as you have here, the buzz position or what would be like the the curl flat right so um that's kind of how that gets distributed between uh it depending on the the personnel on the field the linebackers the safety that comes up and if you're in nickel uh then you're obviously using the other nickel corner probably as one of those other buzz players does that sound about right maddie yeah that that's usually how they do it seattle just um They'll sub their their Sam linebacker off, and they'll put the nickel in, and uh, it's, you know the, the Sam and the nickel are just going to be that curl flat slash um buzz defender as Seattle calls it. But um yeah, yeah you did, you did a good job um highlighting that the the, the four deep uh the four underneath zones. Sorry, um because the ball's on the left hash here, it's slightly different. But if the ball was on the middle uh, of the yeah. field, uh they each have a distinct landmark, so. 
um seattle their 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 hook is uh 10 to 12 yards deep um uh on the hash and the other hook is 10 to 12 yards deep on the hash and then these buzz defenders or what would be called a curl flat and the buzz usage does get a bit confusing when we talk about <laughs> what they call the coverages which may be intentional i don't know but um the buzz defenders drop like eight to ten yards back um to and through the numbers um so those are the basic landmarks and the spacing to get those 400 uh, players sort of spaced around the field properly. And it's from there, you know, that is a spot drop cover three where they're, they're dropping to their zone and visioning the quarterback and the ball and the threats from there. Yeah, so what's interesting about this too, and I, you know, I learned most of about this defense listening to Chris Sims. I don't know if you've ever listened to Chris Sims podcast before but he talks about this defense a lot and especially in the San Francisco year because they were running the same thing with Richard Sherman on this corner closest to us so it was very similar and really the same thing that he's kind of stole from Seattle so teams have taken variations of this and the Browns are running a variation of this uh and and we'll show some plays here in a couple minutes from the Browns uh but let's talk a little bit about their responsibilities now if we start with the run, uh, can you talk? I mean, this this really takes away teams' run games a lot because when you bring that eighth guy into the box, my understanding, Maddie, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that by bringing that that safety up, you really can put with eight guys in the box each person with just one gap responsibility, so they can really play downhill and focus on the run and taking away the run if each player just has one gap or one lane uh run gap responsibility is that right yeah so you're 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 plus one in the box so in theory you can always bring one extra guy for what the offense has and here in a single back situation um yeah it's one one back one gap is what seattle says if there was two backs then they, there's there's kind of better ways of doing it, but ultimately you you should have plus one defender in the box. That also means that these um these overhang players are able to uh that there's you know the, uh they have a bit less uh, conflict potentially on certain plays um because yeah. they've got that security knowing um what's going on with with uh, Joe Woods. I'm interested in you know obviously he spent time in Vic Fangio system. Um, so he may be a bit more uh, of, of a zone match cover three than Seattle. You, you'd know more about the Cleveland Browns defense than me. But um, yeah, the, the, why Pete Carroll likes this defense is yeah, you, you can um, you're very strong uh, down this down certain areas of the field which offenses like to target, but also you can stop the run quite well from it. Yeah. So it, it the, ideally, I think at least the way Seattle ran it, and, and I think the way the, Brun, the Browns have run it so far, is the idea is, hey, we're, you know, this is going to take away the run, and we're going to take away your deep, the big play, right? So, A, we're not going to get beat chunked in the run game, and we're not going to get beat on a big play. Where you get beat in this, I think, is over the middle a lot sometimes. Uh, it's it's hard for teams, it communication-wise, a lot of times to pass guys off from zone to zone. And as you said, there's a number. I mean, when teams go into this cover three, there's a list that an offensive coordinator goes to. Okay, I got my cover three beaters here, right? Where, hey, I'm going to flood one side of the field because we know one corner is responsible for that, right? 
or we're going to run four verticals like you talked about and really put pressure on that. And there, and we, we, you can talk about in the article what, what they do in that situation. But, um, but this is kind of, you know, w- what they'll do or they'll run some deeper stuff and then drag somebody underneath hoping that everybody has peeled off on responsibilities elsewhere, right, and try to hit that underneath play. Before we look at some of the Browns tape uh, of what you know, I have three plays picked out. There, um, if we let's talk a little bit more about the principles of some of this stuff here. So these buzz players, or some people call them apex players, right, uh, that are out here, they um, have to work uh, from outside to in. So with uh, outside leverage, right. So. It's important for them, my understanding of this, or at least with the Browns look, is they're in the curl flat here, right? So anything underneath is going to be theirs, okay? But then they have to work from there, all right? If there's nothing there, then up the field, right? So it's from the curl flat to the flat, basically, and from outside in. Does that sound right? Yeah, and... And in a from a Seattle perspective, um, they uh, you know th- there's they have certain routes and and uh, patterns and formation alerts where if they if they see something that might make you know right now you've you've done a good job like talking through their spot drop responsibilities, but there's yeah. certain patterns and stuff that they'll have to match. So for instance, if the the two receiver ran a, a wheel route, then if the corner's playing a certain technique, then the, the the buzz defender he'll have to run and take the wheel route deep uh yes if um yeah so, so there's there's little like uh finer points and details to that so now the other thing as well is if if cam was playing as, as the buzz defender right then yeah. cam would still take the seam vertical um because he's the down safety right so if they, if they got two seams and his his number two receiver on his side ran a seam route he'd still take it vertical um, even though he's playing the buzz role, um, the, yeah. the, the, buzz, the buzz zone. So, uh, yeah, so, so, but it's only the safeties who take it now. And Seattle, the other thing they'll do with their buzz defender is, and I'm surprised they didn't do it here with their nickel um, it, to the uh, to the field side over the slot, is they'll reroute slot receivers to buy yes. like the coverage guys behind a bit more time. So sometimes they'll buzz out quickly to the numbers. Sometimes they'll uh, reroute there. The uh, a slot uh, if it's basically extra space you need to buy people a bit more time yeah so uh, I was going to talk about that in a minute too and, and you can so we'll talk about that too so just imagine for this for our, for, for our viewers sake just forget that this is a scene play right whatever just let's look at the defensive side here so just basic principles you know as you mentioned they're going to drop to you said about 10 to 12 yards deep these these hook zone guys right yep in this area on the hash and then the buzz players here now if the safety comes up my understanding and and i and i got this from your article i believe is if the safety coming up so in this case cam is going to take the outside or the apex of this zone and say this guy is going to drop into the hook zone then it's a then it's a sky cover three correct and if he then vice versa, if he comes up and plays the inside the hook zone and this guy is going to take the outside, 
that's the buzz cover three correct yeah and that's that's where that's what i was alluding to when i said it might get confusing because <laughs> see seattle is having um you know their safety in the hook they call that buzz even though you know there's, the using, yeah. they're using the same term for two different things which is very confusing um yeah so uh so and then like uh seattle will just if if the safety is rotating uh away from the passing strength then that's they'll just call that sky week or buzz week if the safety is rotating to the passing strength then they'll call that you know buzz strong uh uh sky strong and, and then I want to talk about these outside guys real quick because this is interesting, right? The way these guys play um, is very interesting because they can do different things to these guys. And this these guys get stressed a lot. You know, the, these corners will get – you know, offenses often will very much stress these outside corners rules, right? That's what they want to do is they want to stress the rules that these guys – they know the rules that they're supposed to follow – and that's what they want to stress. So oftentimes these guys are making split-second decisions on, okay, he's leaving my zone inside or he's cutting inside, who's going deep, you know. They have to be very aware. And one of the things that the Browns do, and, and Seattle does here, they're not up pressing so much here, but they're up close. But a lot of times, as you said, as I mentioned in the title, press bail, is is they're up here because they want to make contact in the first five yards and fight, jam them. Because one of the biggest things with cover three, in particular this version of cover three, is that the quick hitter pass underneath is a killer to this zone, right? So by coming up and jamming these receivers and just getting the, you put a little hand fight within five yards – makes all the difference in the world of disrupting that quick hitter, uh, you know, pass uh, that you're looking for here. So these guys, now the Browns, I will tell you, in a lot of the tape that I've watched, have only done this to Denzel Ward's side because he's the, their premier corner, right? So he'll come up and jam and press and then bail to his third, but the other guy often will play off. One of the interesting things that I, I've learned is that, say, uh, there's two receivers on this side, hypothetically, okay? Two receivers going deep here, okay? Let's look at this. Uh, and there's one corner out here. On, say or there's two outside, let's say. And they both go on verticals. Not saying not the seam. Say maybe they both go on outside verticals. I've understood that oftentimes that corner is taught to split the two on the outside. So they'll actually leave that corner in single coverage on two guys and let him run between them and actually guard them both. Is that right? Well, let, let, from a Seattle perspective, if you if you go back to their drawing, um, they do sometimes split the receivers. So so if we look at uh, uh, Richard Sherman at the bottom of the screen, yeah, uh, he has two receivers to his side. Yeah. As soon as you get like uh, two receivers to your side, or um, you know a certain split, like maybe they're really condensed, yes. then Seattle employs what they call uh, a zebra third or zebra third, as you guys would say, and they zone midpoint. So they are basically dropping into their third. They're keying the two receiver and they're overlapping him like sixty forty again, 
Now, Sherman, in this instance, he's aware that Earl Thomas is 60-40 to his side yeah. of the field and will handle a seam route from the two receiver. So it's yeah. less of a bind. However, in cover, uh, in versus like three receivers to one side, there are instances where even with you know the buzz defender underneath rerouting the the slot receiver up, there are instances where that the the cornerback to the trip side is basically you know playing two receivers deep. Um, and, that, and that's interesting how you said that. So that I guess the teaching point then would be to midpoint that. And what he means by that is so if these two were to go on vertical, say there's trips out here, right? and somebody went uh, on a post that Thomas has to take, then uh, hypothetically in this situation, maybe Sherman is taught to midpoint the two deep receivers. So he's going to guard both of them by just midpointing them both and then play the ball in the air, correct? That's correct, yeah. So that's extreme. I find that really interesting that they're asked to do that. And then another focus point on these these guys as they play the the corners that play the the outside thirds right, um, as they bail, they are often asked to you know uh, so if a guy is going to run a, a you know ten yard in, he's going to continue to drop here right until he makes sure that nothing's coming across the field deep correct. Yeah, so so Sherman here is literally a, a, an example of press bail in the sense that he's going to start as though he's pressing the 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 outermost receiver, what we'd call the number one, yes. um, and then he's going to uh, f- before the snap or like at Peyton Manning's Omaha cadence, he's going to flip uh, like open his hips. Um, so he'll in that instance it would be his he'd like switch his right leg over and then bail with his his butt and his back to the sideline and drop into his zone. Uh, yes. his zone midpoint so that that is zebra third technique um and you can play that off as well like you would want to against trips where you've got three receivers division and less safety help sometimes but yeah. um yeah so if if he gets a 10 yard uh hitch route or hook or, or whatever in this instance that you know it's it's all about um an akello with the spoon who the seahawks they they signed recently uh was with the 49ers and that scheme that you talked about a bit at the start of the show but um he he spoke about how in the league it's you know it's zone until it's not it's it's when to lock on and and so in a in a zone midpoint you you're responsible for your deep your your deep third and you you'd have to clear whether two was vertical you want to get as deep as two is if two's not deep then you can focus on one so say say you got a flat route from two and and you got a, a ten yard curl well then you, you you automatically know that's kind of a timing concept so you can kind of just yeah. sit you can sit you don't need to get any more depth you can vision the quarterback and that and that's the other thing here because you're playing zone coverage you can still vision the quarterback especially when you're, you're zebra third so you're you're more zone responsible um yeah yeah and, and you know you have that buzz defender underneath who's going to help you out as that underneath layer of the coverage so that's how it all fits in which is a real advantage of this defense and i was going to ask you about that the, the one advantage of this i think too is that like oftentimes if you can disguise it well enough and you'll see like the Browns do a lot of uh, they'll line up the two safeties deep and then they walk one of them up. Right. So they're trying to make it look like cover two, cover four or man to man. Right. One of the, one of those. And, and they'll then as this, as this corner drops, you know, say he's going to run something to the middle of the field and he's going to run, you know, a curl here or uh, something in the hook zone area, 
he's going to drop here. And once he realizes there's nothing behind him, everything is in front of him in the play, right? So now you've eliminated a third of the field, basically, and you have a player that can play freely downhill uh, with nothing to worry about behind him. And that's a big advantage of this defense, I think. And that can happen on either side of the field. If disguised properly, you get players playing freely downhill and using their athleticism a ton in this because the concepts and the rules are rather simple once once they're in place. And that allows guys to play freely and and use the athleticism and things that they're given, correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. You can, um, I mean, the whole the whole thing with Seattle was about encouraging that check down route or encouraging a very tough uh, throw uh, to to the perimeter versus tight press coverage. Like they'll yes. happily give up the comeback, um, it, uh, especially when they're in the read third thing, which I guess we'll talk about in a sec. But um, they'll they'll happily give up that comeback, um, which is a tough throw for quarterbacks, even NFL quarterbacks, especially to the field. But um. That they want to, you know, keep everything in front of them and and rally to the check down, and that's why, you know, uh, against Denver, they just like demolished them because they just had so much speed to the ball. They were so sure of their assignment, and they were getting lined up right, and they, you know, were keying everything perfectly, and they were just smacking the heck out of them. You know, very little yak in the game, which, you know, they kind of want teams to to try the yards after catch approach <laughs> because. Um, yeah. You know that 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 will result in real issues <laughs> if if uh, Seattle's you know uh, doing everything right. Yeah, and this is from your article here. I just pulled this part out because I thought this was great. Seattle's cover three is relatively simple with consistent rules and not too much going on. This enables players to play free and fast, making big plays at the Seahawks' defense. Best there's enough X's and O's complexity sprinkled in to beat even the most potent offenses. So I took that out of your article. It's very well written and not, and makes a lot of sense when you're looking at this. You said you wanted to talk about the read third side of the field. Yeah, so that's the other cornerback technique. So you'll notice to that cornerback side, Byron Maxwell, who after this kind of showing uh, got paid by the Eagles and then was out of the league yes. pretty quickly afterwards. But he was very good within this system. Um so the read third, you'll notice uh, to his side, as I was saying, um, there isn't a slot receiver. Yeah, there's Julius Thomas, um, the tight end. He is yes. called Julius Thomas, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, it's not a slot, so he doesn't need to do that zebra split. That, the other reason he doesn't need to do the zebra split is he knows that he has Cam Chancellor to his side. So he knows Cam is handling that two receiver, basically. So the read third is the pure press third he's not gonna you can get out of it like you can bail out of it a bit uh if you if you want to mix it up you can still do the press bail but what read third is and you can play it in off where it's like off man footwork basically like, they call it scooching but um yeah. what read third basically means is you're playing man to man on receivers into your zone so if you get if you're uh, if you get a vertical release off the line you're playing man on him you're going to release the shallow crossing routes. You're going to release that and then look for work, like you said, uh, when we're talking about Sherman. But other than that, even an out route, potentially, you're going to play man-to-man on that. Um, and that's where, I, you know, Sherman got made his money as well because he could really bump and run guys um, from there. And that is pure aggressive bump and run coverage. They're not uh, inching off. They're literally standing in there. 
they might have a read step and then they're, they're bashing the heck out of a receiver and they're playing two arms to one arm uh, and then, you know, the kick step or step kick and kicking back out of there and going. And then so that, failing, yeah. Yeah, so that is essentially um, that is essentially man-to-man coverage. Whether you play press, you play press bail, or you play off. Um, yeah. And so where, you know, they, they only do that against a single receiver side um, or, you know, it's a bit complicated here because we have Cam on that side as well, but there's no slot. So, and th- they tend to keep, it's very rare that teams come out with two slot receivers. There's usually, usually only one slot. So with this two by two alignment, um, you know, that if, if he did have a slot, he'd have played a zebra third, but he didn't. Yeah. So he doesn't, he doesn't need to midpoint it. So he can really bash and, and, and attack that one and even really focus on him. Yeah. Um, Make sure nothing quick gets completed and then bail into his third. And then, as you said there, I I did want to take this. I don't mean to interrupt you, but you said uh, and look for work. Now, look for work is is absolutely key in this. Right. So like that's the phrase coaching is if there's nobody in your zone, you're moving up and you're looking for work. Right. All the time. So Browns fans will understand this. They had a safety last year, Andrew Sandejo, who ended up playing free safety a lot and and played the deep third in this. And I would always be yelling and getting aggravated, and Browns fans got very upset with Andrew Sandejo. He wasn't he never really to his credit, he never was supposed to start. Grant Delpit got hurt in training camp, so he was kind of forced into action. And he's always been kind of a career uh backup or third safety on the field. But he just never, I felt, was looking for work, right? Like he would always play that deep third and never would always let so much happen in front of him and never break. It was very reactionary instead of, you know, uh, being able to, uh, you know, uh, read something and, and, and uh, project where the ball is going to be. Uh, and look for work when nothing's in his zone. Often you find him standing in his zone, covering it, but not looking for any work. And that was what I was always screaming and and yelling at the TV when he's back there. So uh, we're going to look at a couple plays here, okay, uh, from the Browns, and you can just kind of comment on on things that you might see differently here. All right, so this is Bengals game here. Uh, This is a third and 12. The Browns are in this cover three, you'll see here. And I'll stop it and bring it back kind of, and we can look at it for a minute here. But uh, they get these completions here. So you've got uh, kind of stacked receivers, too, on this side. Uh, You've got him out here. Now, this is Denzel Ward out here, and I believe this is Terrence Mitchell down here. And you've got your two safeties here. You're going to see one of them come up here. Mm-hmm. Um, and move into that hook zone. He's going to play the buzz. Um, I believe that's right. Let's watch this develop here. Right, so they're disguising it like cover four, quarter, quarter, half. There, as you see there, you've got uh, uh, him coming up right and then uh he doesn't get all the way up to where he should be on this play but you see him move into the middle of the field there he's about 15 yards too deep but the play still beats him in front right uh in front of him as he kind of went behind the hook zone even though the safety never gets far enough up the field does that make sense 
Mm -hmm. Could we rewind it slightly, please? Yeah, so, absolutely. Take a so look there's here. something like uh, the 49ers in the Super Bowl played a lot of this coverage, um, especially they, they blended it with uh, like a court, uh, middle of the field open uh, quarters, a cover four of a equivalent as well. Um, so, so he's going to that... bring the hill. He's going to, his job is to come up the field, right? Um, well, and they're going to drop him to the deep third. Well, well, one thing is, do they, do they motion the back out, right? Do they, or do they? Yep. Uh, oh, they, mo no, they motion him in. Okay. Moved him over. Yeah. Pause it there. So they have three receivers on one side of the field and one receiver deep. And um, they have uh, the safety is rotating into that weak hook. Now, yeah. against uh, Trips coverage, most cover three teams, and I'd be surprised if um, this wasn't the case for Cleveland too, they'll have the, um, the weak hook player take. Uh, the three receiver, if he runs up and, and, and back across the formation, they'll have him match that route vertically so you kind yes. of see them man turn and run with it. However, because the Bengals here have released three to the flat, um, this safety, sorry, I've, I forgot his name, but he's just going to sit at the sticks because it's third and 12. He's going to play at the sticks. He's expecting yeah. his free safety to be able to handle, uh, you know, the, the two the receiver. Yeah. Yeah. So, so th this is Sandejo in the deep third. I'm not sure who we've got uh, here, maybe Harrison. But uh, yeah, he's moving up to the sticks, as you said, right? So they're going to play a little deeper because it's third and 12. Uh, you see the hook zone player here. He's letting him go now as he goes deeper down the field. Uh, this is your buzz player here. He's still with him down the field here, probably because of the length to the first down. And then here's your deep third. And your other deep third is running at Denzel Ward, who was up press, right? And now he's running right next to the receiver down down on this side, correct? Yeah, and it's similar in terms of the cornerbacks. It's what we kind of talked about earlier in that the, the on the single side, you can play like that press coverage because you, you've only yep. got one guy to worry about. Whereas this corner to three receiver side, he needs to be able to midpoint to like off. any vertical threat. Yeah, because he's got multiple guys who can come vertical to him, and they were also condensed, so he can't. You know, he ha he just has to like kind of space it out and and pick good spacing, and yeah, this is a, this is like kind of a good beater because the Bengals know that the the weak hook defenders only interested in playing um the three receiver up, so he he sees the three receiver go to the flat, so he just zones off. Yeah, and then the middle of the field safety, he's probably thinking, oh, my weak hook's going to man turn and run with this. Uh, and it, really, he should be more uh, uh, Sandejo. He he needs to be better uh, getting to this. Our corner that's running with the receiver on the far side of the field, right? Denzel Ward, as we were talking about, you said the guy playing the read third. Well, his apex or his buzz player on his side of the field, you see is standing at like the 45-yard line right there. Uh, there's nothing in the curl flat there. There's nothing in the buzz here. So you would think he might turn – with this and kind of play the receiver running behind him a little, right? I think I think his big deal is he's trying to work out whether the running back is releasing to the flat. Um, his side or not, yeah. Yeah, well, because the running back was started on his side, so his main, yeah. his primary concern is the number two, so he's probably ready to smack a check down. Um, he's, he's honestly doing a good job because he's helping out in, like, the slant window of one. If one were to run, the, the weak ones he were were to run a slant he'd be obscuring that making it more difficult he kind of removes 
the threat of ones in breaking if it was to be a dig as well. So uh, I'm fine with the job he did. I mean, a lot of teams like will will play a bit more advanced than Seattle, and they'll they'll really like essentially play like pure man to man on the backside almost, and and then flood their coverage more to trips where Seattle is a bit a bit different. But yeah, essentially it is it comes down to Sendejo, not um, you know he thinks uh, the the safeties. The other safety is going to take this, but the other safety is thinking, "Well, I'm not taking this because three's to the flat, so I, I don't. I just need to zone off." And Zendejo's thinking, he like falls asleep, and I think he thinks that this bender is the three receiver going up when it's two, or you know, he just he, he falls asleep. Yeah, he misses it. Yeah. So and then they they throw this right in that window there, right between the two. So uh, and it's a good throw and a good play, as you see there. Yeah, I mean, he just let him. They both let him go by, right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, but this is what will be to cover three, right? Somebody going all the way across the field. So you're you're passing assignments off, right? And in this case, they just don't communicate properly, and nobody gets him, right? So I mean, he runs right across his face. He runs yeah. right across the, the guy. The the um. I mean, you've got him playing the far safety on the field, right? Moving up, and and you've got Sendejo in the deep third here, and, and they he he just beats them both, right? He splits them both. Sendejo doesn't re very reactionary, as I said before, right? He runs right across his face here, and and they just hit him in that window. Yeah, and I guess you would like the 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 hook safety to be uh, a bit more helpful, but then again, the hook safety actually helps with. You know the week one receiver running an in cut. He he, he's he's yeah. in that window because three is not a threat. So ultimately, this the safety just has to uh, the middle field safety has to hit flips and Deho and be athletic and make the play. Yeah, yeah, it's a cover three beater, but it's also something that with um you know better execution that that shouldn't really happen, and that'll be something that they'll have highlighted in team meetings. You know. Yeah. So we'll go to another one here uh, that I have brought up. This is another one against the Bengals. They actually played a lot of cover three against the Bengals here. Um, actually, uh, let me go to this Ravens one here because this play is uh, something that uh, you, most people will recognize. If you remember uh, San Francisco, we talked about when Joe Woods was there in the Super Bowl, right, against Kansas City, on the biggest play of the game, third and 15, uh, they ran what they call it the infamous play now, the 2-3 Jet Wasp, where they sent Hill across the field in, uh, to that deep safety, uh, and he turned his hips to run with him like he was running a post, and he curled back behind the other corner who had assumed there was no deep third receiver there, if you remember that play now. And Mahomes kind of floated it out there, but Hill was wide open, and that was the biggest play of the game. They got that third and 15. They went on to win the Super Bowl. So you'll see here, and this is week one against Baltimore. Baltimore runs a very similar uh, look at this, uh, at that same play, that 2-3 Jet Wasp, where they send a guy across the field. He looks like he's going across that middle safety, and they run something underneath on the you'll see it on the far side of the field underneath but that corner over there let's bring up the um and i caught this right away i was like they just ran same play they ran in the super bowl basically so you'll see it's actually on the close side of the field here 
But uh, the slot receiver here is we've got two on this side. Uh, I guess the second guy on the line of scrimmage is not the slot receiver, but the second guy in uh, is Marquise Brown, right? Speedster. And he's going to run up the middle of the field right at that safety, the deep safety. And then they're going to run something short on this closest to us on the screen, right? Uh, on this corner, on this out here that's playing on the outside, and they're going to run something short enough that he bites on that, doesn't think anything's behind him, and that watch they'll circle Brown back behind him in the, in the deep third into what becomes an opening there. And it's almost it's very similar to what Tyreek Hill did in the Super Bowl in that 2-3 Jet Wasp, as you'll watch here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing this. See how he goes to the middle, and then he bites up, and he comes back behind him in the deep third there. Mm. Yeah, that's a nice play. Um, right. With with the Emmanuel Mosley play. Um, yeah, that you was know like exactly more, what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. It was an interesting one. I I did write about it because um, I mean Richard Sherman himself has said in his podcast he does with uh, Chris Collinsworth that Mosley just messed up, and I I thought the same, but now it's been confirmed by Richard Sherman basically. But um, it's like what he said, like you you know to this side of the field you have at least two receiving threats, right? Plus you've got, you know, whether you want to regard that guy as a threat or not, let's call it trips for the sake of it. There's three guys who are not attached Basically. to the core. Um, there's three. So you need to play uh, as a corner. You you kind of need to play in cover three, that zone midpoint thing. And th this is what Sherman said about Mosley, where he needed in his zebra third, his zebra third, to get as deep as the number two receiver, um, and not take the cheese because if 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 we play this playthrough as well, if um he takes the underneath route, yeah, yeah. If if he'd got as deep um as the number two receiver at, before the break point, and with with quarterback vision, he could still have made a play on on both balls. If you're if you're giving up that, and this is the thing, like offense is crazy. Like Mahomes on that Super Bowl play took like a, a thin step drop and still got yeah. it off. You know, that's what, that's what I say about this play too. Like, it takes forever to develop. Like, you run this play, it's going to take a long time to develop. So you got to block it well, and yeah. and it, I mean, it takes forever to develop because the guy's going all the way up and then back behind, uh, and it and especially on this one. But Marquise Brown is very fast. Tyreek Hill is very fast. You see the similarities though, right? Where they run something underneath. He this the close corner to us who should I guess you're saying he should take the play the the second deepest receiver, right? Uh, yeah, well, or, I'm, or, I'm not like overly familiar with like the Browns cornerback technique, but if we could pause it at like where yeah. you know, pause it no, at like good. the break. Yeah, so if you see here they're gonna start and then he goes in motion. So right here is yes. where he's throttling down this receiver is right closest to us yep and um, if you look at the deep safety he's already got his hip t hips turned thinking he's going to the the post right yeah this is a really nice illustration because you can see that the cornerback thought that the the receiver is running an over route um like a, a deep crossing route uh yep. you can also see that the weak hook defender thought he was gonna you know i spoke about earlier how to trips or even you know unbalanced formations. The weak hook player is tasked with taking 
that receiver up and back. So you see how the weak hooks like ready to man turn and run across with this to the other sideline. Yes. And, and, and Rob and get underneath it. But, you know, it is a fake route. But I think the corner just switched off from two because he was like, there's no way in in hell he's coming back across. Like, he, that's no Exactly. So he, that's what Mosley thought in the Super Bowl too, right? There's no way he's coming back this into my zone. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was funny because uh, Richard Sherman was saying how that was like their only third and 14-plus play, which they were like had been repping, and they, they went and did it, and Mosley in the moment just switched off. But um, also, yeah. like, you may say, like, well, if the corner's as deep as it hasn't throttled down here, he's giving up one. But again, because it's because it's cover three, you have these underneath guys. You have your your buzz defender. I, I'd like him to be a bit wider. Again, I don't really know what the Browns are in terms of yeah. the scheme, but I'd like him to be wider, like more by the numbers, sort of buzzing underneath one almost. And then no, I'd like, right. yeah, and then the strong hook players. The is that it's an underneath layer, so he. Sh- the corner really should be um, five yards further back and not throttled down or, or you know, in a position where he can break, uh, you know, upfield or downfield, but like in, in, a, in, a, in a balanced stance. But all this stuff happens so quickly. I didn't make it to the NFL. Uh, it's very, very difficult. This is a, a conflicting play, and I'm sure they didn't expect it from the Ravens. Um, it's interesting as well. They they disappear. Um, they, uh, they, they motion that, that guy who we were deciding whether he was a third receiver or if he was going to yeah. go back into the core. They put him back <clears throat> into the core for the play action. Like the only way you can get this off, as we said, is with, um, you know, pass protection. And um, so they, they did a play action with, with heavy protection. In. But yeah, and essentially then... underneath coverage should be wider. Um, the deep, the deep corner should have got as deep as two and, and, you know, been aware that it could break back. But this is, this is just such a stupid route. Like th- this is just fake. Like the, the yeah. offense shouldn't be allowed to do this. But, you know, t- I don't think this kind of thing's going to work, you know, going forward. We've seen it now. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and Hollywood you see him. does a great job selling it. Yeah, he, he does. He does sell it. You think he's going that way. And then at this point, look how far the safety's beat at this point. The corner start throttled down on this side of the field uh, to these underneath routes. And as you mentioned, even like the buzz player out here, he's not really wide enough on this side of the field, because you are getting a release to the flat, too. He's wide open as well, uh, yeah. really, if he wants to hit him. Yeah, he, um, he, he got wide too late, I think. I think he needed yeah. to get wide quicker. He, he's fine now, but, um, yeah, he needs to get wide quicker just to give a bit more security to the corner. Middle of the field safety can't do anything about this. Like, you're opening your hips thinking that you've got a corner who's going to stay, like, in the d- as deep as two and help you yeah. out. The safety actually recovers really well. And really, if the corner had been, um, you know, if, if he'd started fight at where he is now, if, he'd, if he hadn't throttled down, he'd have been able to break on the quarterback throw a bit more and get maybe get underneath it. I mean, this is just crazy stuff, though. This is it crazy. Is. Yeah, the, it does illustrate, though, if you look at the field right now, for, for those watching, it, you can see the four defenders underneath and the three deep perfectly here in this illustration. So you've got across the middle here, your buzz player, your two inside, they're deeper than 10 yards, but there's nothing underneath there right now. Right. Uh, Except for this guy coming out in the flat uh, or the curl flat here a little bit, but, and then you've got the guy that sat down at the 50 yard line, which the Browns have triangled around him nicely there in that zone. 
but he just doesn't expect him to come back into his zone behind him. And as you said, that's almost impossible for that safety who's already opened up his hips thinking he's going to run with him the opposite direction to turn around. It's the same thing that happened with, with, uh, with the uh, Ward and Mosley in the San Francisco game is basically he, he thinks that he's let him go to the middle and he, his responsibility is done with that player. Uh, and in this, in this play, I don't think he ever thinks that he has responsibility because he's lined up on the inside, right. Versus mm-hmm. where I believe Hill was on the outside in that, in that game and, and actually ran even more of a sharper cut to the middle and then curled it even sharper behind the corner here he's just kind of running up the seam and then cutting it back towards the the pylon or this pylon uh and doesn't cut it off as sharp it actually is a much longer play and as you said the the safety does a pretty good job recovering here i'm gonna hit play here but but it's just not fast enough it takes forever to develop but it's wide open you know yeah it's like a it's like a really crazy smash concept almost just very elongated um a lot of high-low conflict for that corner, a very extreme conflict, and it all just so happens the, so fast. Here's the setup again, and you see that, I mean, you can clearly see it's cover three. They're not trying to hide it or anything here, right? So you've got your two corners on the outside. You've got your uh, two, uh, you know, um, pardon me, your two hook, uh, hook zone guys in the middle, and then you've got your two buzz players on the outside. It, it looks like a 4-4, four, four, right? Uh, but that's what with the single deep safety. So, um, and they obviously identified that, uh, and that's why this route gets run behind the corner closest to us. And you'll see it again here. It's also to the field side, so it's like yeah. an, an extra bit of space, which is just nasty. There um, is. Yeah, the corner just stops looking as much at, at the at the quarterback. Um, maybe. Um, Maybe he gets faked out by that. But, yeah, it's like we said. He, sh- he shouldn't have throttled down. He should have been more cognizant of two. But then again, you can forgive him for that, given that, you know, <laughs> even the, the, the difficulty weak hook, of the route in the throw, yeah. Yeah, even the weak hook player thought he was getting an over route. Um, yeah. So. You see it one more time here. And then we'll go to one that they actually play nicely uh, here. As, you know, it's tough, you know, we talked about it being a rules-based defense and it allowing them the ability. You can see it the other way here and you can watch uh, the motion and then you'll see, actually see him coming up the field there straight ahead down the middle and then back as how difficult that would be. Um, yeah. What but, annoyed me about the, um, the, the, the Super Bowl play and it kind of applies here as well is like, you know, with the time, with the speed, with everything, like you could run any coverage you want and it's not going to stop. Um, you know, it wasn't going to stop what uh, uh, Tyreek Hill did in that play. Um, like if Mosley had got deep enough to to get to um to Hill, then the underneath, like there was Sammy Watkins, and the underneath zones weren't really deep enough either. So you know, I think it was Sammy Watkins. So it was very very difficult. Um, yeah. Whatever the coverage. Yeah. So we'll take a look at this one here against the Bengals again. Uh, they're getting down, I believe they're down. Okay. Yeah. So they're almost in the red zone here. You can see right away. It's cover three. You've got the four guys underneath and the two wide with the single deep, right? The thing here, the nice thing here is you'll see, this is a, a, a would be a trickier play, but 
you want to see a guy play the buzz position perfectly here or that apex position. Let's watch this. I, I From what I learned from your article, okay, because we've got your two interior guys behind the line of scrimmage that are your hook zone players, and you've got your two apex or two buzz players here. The far side, so the the weak the the uh, far side of the field, right? The short side of the field, um, buzz player is Ronnie Harrison, the safety. So if the safety's playing the buzz, then it's what uh, cover three sky, right? Mm-hmm. So that's yep. what this would be in this position, and that's what they have here, right? Uh, so watch how he plays this, and he plays it perfectly because he'll play the curl flat. And waits just long enough to come up and play the flat uh, on on the quarterback here. So we'll let it roll. Yeah, it's interesting because there's you know two receivers to each side. So whether they decide to match it or not, play action. Watch him play the flat, cover flat, and then come up and make the play. And that's like perfect, right? Yeah, that's that's nice because you know the 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 Bengals went under center. Um, so you should be expecting like boot as a you know boot alert or whatever. Um, yep. Uh, it's also condensed, so whether the the corners are responsible for just being good at overlapping or whether like Harrison's going to match a seam or not. Um, yeah. You know we don't know about that. I, I'm not, I'd have to watch more, but but you know he, we see the boot play out and he he handles the conflict well. Um, yeah. That, yeah. It's a good rep. So it's a yeah, I mean it's a good so they're gonna run a I mean it's a hard play action coming to the to the field side here and then he boots to the opposite side, but Harrison stays with the guy that releases out who the play is clearly for in this situation, uh, and then comes back and you'll see the corners do a good job of playing their deep third here too. Yeah, and you very- see that corner on that side who is Denzel Warden on the far side, you know, he's staying with he was able to identify there's nothing behind me and looks for work. So he's still able to move towards the middle of the field now. And they've got him bracketed between the safety and that corner. Yeah, that's um very good cornerback looking for work. And I also like the hook player has, um, you know, roboted the, the intermediate route. So like yep. Burrow has nowhere to go with the football. They've got like a perfect um, three layers of coverage here. Yeah. And you see here that you know even the even the far cor- the corner on the field side closest to us is now actually running lo- over that way looking for work because there's nothing on this side right so because uh, this player stayed home closest uh, the part pardon me I keep forgetting you can't see my mouse uh, the um, buzz player on this side had stay has stayed home here at about the twenty yard line. For this guy on the backside, not that that was even an option at this point, but uh, and then watch again Harrison and a- as we talked about outside leverage, play the curl flat and then move up to the flat and that's what he does perfectly. So he's got outside leverage here on him and then up makes the play. So it's, it's pretty well done there for them compared to the other two. Would you agree? Yeah, and like you said, teams will try and flood the coverage, uh, uh, flood that, you know, the pattern. And this is exactly what that is, you know, like play action slide with, with the three routes downfield. I'm surprised Burrow didn't hit his, like his laid down flat. So he's like the fourth player in the pattern, which is the, you know, obviously um, what the Bengals are trying to do is basically like the, a McVeigh kind of offense. And what, what McVeigh's great at is one, 
they sell the outside zone run action at their best. They sell that really well. So teams bite more on it. But also he's really good at hitting like just cheese. Like like here you have a fourth guy in the pattern who Barry could flip it to and they could get yardage because Yeah. The 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 weak hook player, um, he's gonna he's gonna like man turn with with the intermediate route. So there's no vision. Yeah. There's no there's no vision uh with with the buzz defender already in the flat, Ronnie Harrison. There's no vision on that fourth late guy in the patterns. So uh, yeah. you know, as you play it through, you actually see they do have a laid down flat, but but Burridge is not confident or comfortable in accessing it. Uh, it may be that um a defensive lineman took it away. Yeah, he's got his yeah. back turned to the quarterback. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, this so oh, the, the oh, guy right by here. the the guy by the twenty. Yeah, so um, yeah. just moments before, Barry kind of had an option to get it, but then you know, is that Miles Garrett? Like Miles Garrett did a real good job yes. of um, just being athletic and amazing, but um, it kind yeah. of is a scary proposition to try and flip that while Garrett's there. Like the, the, there was an option a bit before for him to to hit it. I also think it's poorly executed because I think the laid down flat player could could work to the sideline better. He he kind of is a window. Um, he he becomes a window, but Garrett's there, and then the laid down flat just gives up without like yeah. trying to make an option. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So it's like the this is like the fourth option here, as he releases underneath, and it, you would have to see him coming open like right now, right? Like right here. Yeah, because he's look, open. The weak hook is the weak hooks on AJ Green. Ronnie yeah. Harrison's in the flat and is also worried about the you know he's got to stop the quarterback getting outside. Um, so that, that fourth guy is, it, this is what I said is, is like, it's so unfair. Cause like you've, you've played the concept perfectly. And then what the Rams do, especially against the Seahawks, they like to do that. Um, is, is hit that laid mm-hmm. down flat late, um, when Seattle's killed the concept and then they'll still get like, you know, that, that that's serious yardage. Cause you've got the guy nearest that's, to yeah, him. Yeah, 10 yardage. Nobody's going to make the tackle for 10 yards or so. Yeah. But Garrett is, um, an incredible player. Um, and you know, Burrow's forced to swallow the ball because also I, I I'd like to see the laid down flat work a bit more t- towards the numbers to provide a window, but he doesn't do that. Yeah. He kind of opened up like a, like he kind of pivoted open right here. He hasn't really, you know, ran out into the space. So it might be burrow hard for him to, there's some congestion in front of his, his vision there with Garrett there kind of coming at him. Um, but and then he kind of gets too far at this point here, where it's it's back a, across his body now. If he wants to make that throw, right? Yeah, and and, and that's ill advised, especially you know if Gary gets a hand on it or something, and it could be an interception or whatever. But and then you see, and it's interesting, and I didn't notice this the first time, but it is. It's a hard play fake to the field side, and then every route, like you said, flooding the zone on the weak side of the field here. Uh, and the routes do a good job of covering it all up, except for that last guy that just kind of opens up, but it's too late uh, for him to get it to him. And then you've got Garrett chasing him and Harrison coming up to stop it. Yeah, the, well, that, well timed on the release there. Yeah, that that last guy is kind of impossible. You, you just need like good uh, defensive line play, and that's what Garrett is. He didn't he didn't bite too much on. The outside zone fake away from him. He like he played it. Uh, he honored it well and read it right and got to the you know hunted down the quarterback while obscuring the lane. Because you know this kind of offensive system in its success is predicated on you know being able to sell that outside zone fake. And the reason the Bengals haven't got it going uh, quite yet, aside from 
not having the talent that the Rams do is, you know, that are executed as well. And that's what you saw here. Yeah. So that I'd show one where they were successful and, and covered it pretty well there as a cover three. But there's just some some uh, to give our watchers some some uh, basic concepts of this cover three. And I think you did a great job of breaking down, uh, you know, of the nuances of the Seattle cover three. And as you can see, the Browns are running pretty much the same thing, right? Yeah, it looks uh, to you. Yeah, I'll be watching some Cleveland tape to see see how they do things. Is yeah, I've enjoyed it. Yeah, man, you've been great today, and uh, we appreciate your time, Maddie Brown, writer for SI's Seahawks Maven, wide receivers and defensive backs coach for East Anglia Pirates. What's the, what's the East Anglia Pirates? I'm not. We're not familiar here over here. Tell what you're the coach there. Yeah, yeah. I uh, so. so uh, in Britain, you have uh, senior football, so uh, people who are over. Well, I think anyone can play senior ball. They might be eighteen and over, but it tends to be sort of uh, you know guys who have played uh, the game at university or in college and uh, have then yeah. you know still love the game. Uh, and you know the the East Anglia Pirates are a, a university team. I actually I, I played a bit for them, and then you know I now coach there, so. Uh, the the university game is kind of like the first step for a lot of people getting to the sport and the senior game. And let me tell you, it's it's not it's not American level. Uh, it's a purely lovely game, uh, quite amateur. There's no scholarships or anything unless you're a, a major major like um, sports uh, a college athlete. Rich. Yeah. So, um, and then we're you've like, got punching above our weight. We're doing well. Good, good. Uh, and then uh, you've got the uh, Seattle Overload podcast. With follow Maddie uh, F Brown on Twitter at Maddie F Brown. Maddie, you've been fantastic today. Thank you so much for lending your knowledge uh, on the Seattle Cover Three scheme to us Browns fans who are just you know one year into Joe Woods now getting getting used to it, and uh, uh, we made us smarter today. So we appreciate your time, buddy. Well, thanks very much for having me. I've really enjoyed it and hope uh, Cleveland continues their success. It's always fun to see like a different team, you know, doing well and, you know, obviously it's deserved. So. So that was Maddie Brown, writer at SI Seahawks Maven and host of the Seattle Overload podcast. Maddie killed it, knocked it out of the park. Uh, he knows his stuff. He knew his cover three Seattle. All the scheme broke it all down for us, and he was excellent as usual. Uh, this has been another episode of All Eyes on Cleveland. Tomorrow night, we will be back. Big episode. Ken Carmen of 92.3 will be with us tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Uh, on All Eyes on Cleveland. For Mikey on the ones and twos, my name is Brad Ward, and with that, we are out. Have a lovely evening. 